Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's Breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hey everyone, it's Rosanna Arquette here, your guide for all radical musings. I want to quickly talk about dysfunction. You know, everyone has some sort of dysfunction in their life, right? I mean, I know I do. I mean, talk about dysfunctional. When does shit ever truly go according to plan? Sometimes we just have to look at the humor in our idiosyncrasies, right? I mean, hello, dysfunction, as in the podcast. Hello, dysfunction. Yup, this series is hosted by two childhood best friends, Pata Fria and Crystal, as they share personal stories of their own dysfunction. Nothing is off limits and everything is funny. They talk about their lives, their view on the news, gossip, politics. This is really good stuff. Check out Hello Dysfunction on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Radical Musings listeners. As you know, I have been and continue to be extremely outspoken against child and sex trafficking. I believe in order for us to create change, we need to bring awareness to this global issue and continue educating people on what is going on and how we can collectively help end the abuse. So I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Layla Micklewaite, who has spent the last decade combating the injustice of sex trafficking and for the last year really intensely trying to shut down Pornhub, which shows the rape of children daily. Millions and millions and millions of dollars are being made um, by the rape of children. Uh, Layla is the founder of Trafficking Hub Movement and the newly founded organization called the Justice Defense Fund. She's a fearless advocate, a public speaker, a published writer, and holds a Master of Public Diplomacy degree and, and continues to push for legislative reform at the United Nations. She's battling this at an international level, and I, I look forward to hearing what kind of progress is being made. And hello, Layla. Welcome to Radical Musings. Hi, Layla. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm are doing you, well. Where are you? I'm actually in California. Oh, you, oh, you are? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And SoCal at the moment. Um, oh, God. Great. Yeah. So grateful to be on here and just yeah. grateful for you. And I'm grateful for you and all the work that you do. I have a whole introduction that I'll do um, after I talk to you, but it has, you know, all the work that you do. It's just so you know, but I, cause just so we can just get into it and start talking. But, um, and I know that you don't want to, I understand the idea of nothing political, but one thing about pornography, I mean, and on the internet, um, which you've been so incredible about, um, shutting, trying to shut down Pornhub, which is the, probably one of the, it's one of the biggest, uh, sites in, the world for people to download pornography, but the worst part of it 
is that they you they have all this pornography on children um yeah. uh and and for me that's how you and I connected which was that i mean this to me is the most horrific crime there is in the world is the rape of children and the selling of children trafficking of children is just it doesn't get uh more despicable and disgusting and dark as that mm-hmm. oh, and agreed. and 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 it's you know this isn't like a political thing this is a i mean a nonpartisan this is this is human this is about human beings and especially children and so you're an advocate we're advocates for the children and what you've been doing out in the world with trying to you know i want to hear you know you're the founder of trafficking um trafficking hub movement and the and the newest organization you recently founded called the justice defense fund and so i want to hear about your mission and, and tell tell us what inspired you to become a voice and leader in this movement. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, ever since I was young, uh, my father really instilled in us children, I have two sisters, um, a value for justice and human rights. And that, mm-hmm. you know, he grew up in the Middle East and he grew up in the midst of a lot of turmoil and war and he came here to the U.S. to study medicine. He became a, a general surgeon and, and saved a lot of lives that way. Um, but he was just very attuned to the suffering of those around the world. And he, you know, instead of watching a lot of entertainment shows, we would watch the news and we watch CNN and we watch History Channel and we watched, you know, those kinds of things growing up. And um, and so I really feel like I got that from my father. There's this desire to want to do something meaningful with my life when, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, I could say that, you know, I did something worthwhile. And, and so, you know, that, that kind of was the inspiration was my father. And, you know, I, I of course had my crazy days as a, as a teen where, you know, (laughs) I had a lot of other ambitions that I thought that I wanted to pursue, but really at the end of the day, I came back around to this and, you know, no matter what, I want to be able to make the world a better place, especially for those who are facing injustice and don't have, you know, they're not in a position like I am where I have the ability to speak and the freedom. And, you know, I personally haven't gone through this trauma myself of being abused in this way. But, you know, just from listening to the voices of so many victims, I just feel like this really heavy sense of, um, compassion for them. And, and that's what really motivates me. How did you even discover this? Like what brought you to the fact that, you know, Pornhub exists and this is happening? Like, how did you become aware? Well, you know, I've been an advocate against sex trafficking for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And I've specifically been focusing on the intersection between the pornography industry and sex trafficking and child sexual abuse and sexual exploitation. Um, and, and you're good friends with, with uh, Rebecca Bender, right? Yes, yes. yes. I know so, her well. She's amazing. Does she is. Work? I want to bring her on here. She's also a great friend of mine, and her and I have a project together. We're actually making a movie, a television show together. About awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's doing incredible work. And even yeah. in this fight against Pornhub, she's working with victims of this specific website as well. So I've definitely been in touch with her about that. And um, she does, yeah, incredible work. I uh, highly recommend her. And, he, you know, healing work, healing work, healing for within, like, the work that Tarana Burke does of just healing the trauma so that you can have a life. But I want to ask you about the Pornhub executives who are being called to testify uh, in public at the parliamentary hearing in Canada on Friday to answer their involvement in the mass 
sexual abuse on their website. I want you to tell us about the charges against Pornhub and why this is such a really big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, just continuing on with this, um, you know, the what's going on on this website is that you know anyone investigating this issue will end up on Pornhub because Pornhub is well, was, as of December, the largest and most popular porn site in the world. And what I discovered when I was investigating this site is that all it took to upload hardcore pornographic content to the site was an email address. So in under 10 minutes, anybody could anonymously upload sex acts to the site. And what that did was that enabled the site to be infested as the New York Times uh, expose put it, infested with videos of the real rape the real trafficking, sexual abuse, and all kinds of non-consensual content, including, you know, what I've seen with my own eyes on this site is so many videos of spy cameras where they're real spy cam videos of women who are actually in bathrooms. So they put these spy cams in the toilets and they record women going to the bathroom um, and men as well. God. Mm -hmm. And they put them in changing rooms and motel rooms and locker rooms. Nine women recently sued the company uh, for filming them in a locker room, changing room, without their knowledge or consent. And the thing of it is they monetize these videos heavily. So this is a commercial (laughs) website where they are taking each one of these highly illegal videos non-consensual videos and they're monetizing them and that's to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars per year they had 42 billion visitors to that site or visits to that site in 2019 and not only that but they had actually had a download button on every single one of these videos so that somebody who was visiting Pornhub could actually witness the real rape of a child and then they could download that video and possess it on their device and then and, upload and then, it. Oh God. Yeah. And upload it to at any time in the future. So victims told me that they felt like what happened was the immortalization of their trauma. It's one thing that they experienced the rape or they experienced the abuse, but then to know that it will live on after they're gone and be used for both profit and pleasure yeah. is just like a whole nother level of torment. And so, you know, that's kind of what, that's the gist of what was going on on this site. And it finally just got exposed this year. And because of you, well, (laughs) I will not take all the credit. (laughs) You have, you have a lot of people that are, you know, are fighting, you know, this battle with you, but you know, you have been at the forefront of, of, uh, doing everything you can to, um, bring them down. I mean, I recently saw, uh, I think it was a, a 14 year old talking about and she's she's a survivor of this um where she was just asked by her boyfriend in high school to to have her you know send a nude picture and she was 14 and or you know and something of and she did that and of course he uploaded it and did that and it just destroyed her it destroyed her life i mean she was terrified about you know her mom finding out so she ended up you know not going to school and she was bullied and and you could see how the high it's like are there High school students, it's almost like they're, are they being infiltrated? Like there's someone going in, in, in this world, going into the high schools and getting a high school boy to do this, or they just know themselves to do this and they can monetize her. You know what? I've heard all kinds of stories. So I think the spectrum of abuse is so vast with Mm -hmm. regard to image-based abuse is what, you know, I call it and what other advocates call it. 
And it goes all the way from the blatant rape and trafficking of a child all the way to what I said, like a spy cam video. Mm -hmm. And in between there are all kinds of ways that these images get uh, you know, onto the internet, onto sites like Pornhub. And I've heard stories for a, a, a young boy, for example, uh, from Western Europe who said that he was groomed online and he was autistic and <sighs> he didn't fit in socially. And so he found this community online and it was actually predators. And there were men that were posing as younger boys and, you know, told them that he li- they liked him and they loved him and please send me a photo. And then what they did when they got those explicit photos is then blackmailed the child with those and said, if you don't send me more videos and pictures, yeah. then I'm going to send this to your mom. I'm going to send it to your teachers, to your classmates. And he was so terrified that he actually did what he was told. And he did this for a long time. Yeah. And those videos, he said, and those pictures ended up on Pornhub. And it was just a horrific and terrorizing experience. But then there's some, you know, that actually send nudes to their boyfriends and those kinds of things. And then they upload them to sites like Pornhub because there's no age restriction. So you could have a Mm 15-year-old uploading a nude image of his 15-year-old girlfriend. And then that gets distributed globally. And that victim gets shamed and she gets often suicidal, yes. has to drop out of school and all of that. It's, it's very serious. It's very, very serious. So the people that are involved in, um, in this case, I mean, I know that you've, you know, brought that to the forefront of is Pornhub and it's MindGeek. Um, what was the response of Pornhub and MindGeek to you personally? Yeah. Wow. Well, Yes, it is MindGeek, and MindGeek is the parent company of Pornhub, and MindGeek is the world's you know, uh, monopoly on the porn industry. And MindGeek responded in a way that is truly incomprehensible for a company that's trying to be seen publicly as a legitimate corporation. They, in fact, present themselves as a tech company. They hide the fact that they are the world's largest pornography distributor. But what they did Ooh. from day one is they denied that this existed. They called me a liar so many times in the media. They said that I was intentionally misleading 2 million people who signed my petition. They you know, tried to discredit me by bringing up my faith, for example, and saying that you know, this is really just a, a moral crusade that she's on and all those kinds of things to try to dis- distract and discredit. Instead of just taking responsibility for what was on their website, they engaged in all of these dirty tricks, um, even to the point of you know, my family being intimidated from people who we've confirmed are connected to MindGeek, engaging in doxing and harassment. But not only of myself, this has also happened to victims. And it's one thing for myself as an advocate to be attacked. But when you try to gaslight and discredit and abuse victims, you know, that's where you really cross the line. And they're, this company is a rogue company. They're a bad actor. And I am so grateful that tomorrow those executives who have been hiding in the shadows for years using. And where are they? Where are, who are they? And where are they? Are they, is it, are there, is it like a huge group of people or is it just a couple of horrible human beings? So here's the, the mystery about MindGeek. Nobody really knows who owns this company. Mm. There's a few men that are presented Would publicly. it be Steve Bannon, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Look, at this point, anything is possible. I know. Um, but, it, you know, Ferris Antoon 
David Tassillo, and this man named Corey Ehrman, who whistleblowers, who I've talked to, and others have talked to, and investigators have confirmed, has been hiding behind a fake name as the vice president of Pornhub for years, speaking to the media as a man named Corey Price and Blake White, using completely fake identities and hiding themselves online. I mean, you can hardly find anything. These guys have not appeared publicly. Tomorrow what are their names the again? They kind of, the names of them, I want to hear them again. They kind of sound like uh, the uh, you know porn movie names anyway. What are their names? <laughs> David Tassillo, okay, okay. Ferris Antoon, okay. and Corey Ehrman are okay. the three that will testify tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so, you know, one of the aims of the Trafficking Hub movement from the beginning has been to hold Pornhub's executives accountable for mm-hmm. what they've done. And not to let them get away with this, not to give them just a slap on the wrist, which is really a slap in the face to the countless victims that they have abused for profit and, and to hold them accountable. I want to see them in prison. If yeah. this company you know, has actually violated the law, which we believe it has, then they need to be held accountable for that. Do you think they're the real guys or they're the front for somebody else? I mean, and they're going to be taking the fall. That's what I'm I believe wondering. they're the, I believe that they are very much responsible for mm-hmm. what has happened. I believe that they're an active management of this company mm-hmm. and they're the public facing owners. However, I believe that there is more behind this than we know about that. They have been incredibly secretive about their company structure, about their company ownership. The financial times actually a few weeks ago exposed this secret shareholder named Bernard Bergamar, who they said lives in Hong Kong. And is actually uh, one of the primary owners of this company. But again, who's behind him? You know, where is all this money coming from? It's and the biggest industry in the world, more than drugs, more than anything, is the sex trafficking, especially when it comes to underage children. I mean, children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a lucrative industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that I think is really important for everybody to understand, and that is that any minor that is involved in a commercial sex act is a victim of human trafficking by definition, by international definition, by our U S definition of that. And so when you have, you know, literally millions of sex acts going on on these sites and so many of them we're discovering are of underage, not only, you know, very young children, but teens of underage teens and tweens on these Mm -hmm. sites. And, um, and those are all considered victims of trafficking because those are monetized commercialized sex acts And you don't even have to prove force, fraud, or coercion when you have a child involved. Just the fact that there's a child involved and it's a commercial sex act makes it human trafficking. And I think we all need to be aware that this is the evolution of trafficking. This is the face of trafficking today, is this online um, exploitation here primarily in the big porn industry is what we're looking at right now. The saddest thing I know that, um, especially during quarantine and COVID, all these, so the kids are on their computers more than they've ever been because they have to go to school in that way. So they did studies and a lot of our uh, the teenagers are, are actually, their sexual experiences are from por- pornography. So uh, I know they did a study on, on boys and let's say, you know, from 14 to 18, uh, you know, they become addicted and then we're seeing the rise of college campus rapes because what's starting to happen is that um, a, a lot of the uh, his impotence is starting to come because you, you can, they be, it's like a mind thing where you become addicted to porn and, and, and violence. 
And that is so absolutely terrible. I mean, for me, it's like, whoa, this isn't just like a choice to be, you know, freedom of watching pornography. It, this is something so, so horrible that's happening to our kids. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm really against it. I'm sorry. I don't care to think I'm a square. I, I, I think it's so horrendous. And it's not about being political. It's not cute. It's none of that stuff. This is the worst thing that's happened to humanity, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, this is a major social experiment with children growing up in a digital age yeah. and being exposed to this content that is not only hardcore and violent often, um, but also blatant you know, in the legal sense where they're actually acting out violent scenes and things like that, where actually this is real rape. It is the real yeah. exploitation, non-consent, and those kinds of criminal acts that, you know, right now the average age of exposure is around between 11 and 13 years old on average, sometimes 10. I've heard you know, stories from parents who have lamented to me that their eight-year-old was exposed to Pornhub because Pornhub cares so little about children. They don't even have an RU18 click-through button that any four-year-old could navigate through. And you get onto the first page of Pornhub, those videos play automatically. And that these children are actually accessing this site by the millions. And not only the site, but other major porn tube sites as well. And they are, it, I call it a form of secondhand sexual abuse. I agree. Because these children, the first experience with sexuality that they have, their sex education comes in the form of this kind of content that is actually, you know, even often blatant illegal rape, trafficking, child abuse, spy cams, non-consent, violence, all of that stuff. And it's and an injustice to it this is. entire generation. This is a horrible story, but I'm going to say it because this is, this is it, it connects to this. Um, a woman I know um, had her 10-year-old son uh, on a play date with his friend and she picked him up and he was very, very upset when he got in the car and she goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? She had to pull over and she talked to him and, and the, the teenage brother of his friend had shown the two young boys on probably Pornhub, uh, uh, on his phone, two women, um, with pipes up their ass, horrible, uh, and worms being put in the pipe. I mean, like the most, like what? So this kid, ten year old kid's mom, like what is that? What is that? Like horror film experience that this poor kid had to like live in his head, and it was really traumatizing. And so it's like these are things that this is happening every day. I was, I'm really upset, and I'll tell him to my, I'll say it to you right now, like. Bill Maher keeps putting Pornhub, like he talks about Pornhub a couple times on his show. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you, why is this okay? It's like one thing, you know, it's not like, uh, anyway, I'm. You know what they've done? Yeah. They've, they have engaged in this global whitewashing campaign mm -hmm. where they do things like even right now. I mean, I can't even believe that in the midst of them being globally exposed, financially strangulated by the credit card companies, who in after Nicholas Kristof's article in the New York Times, Thank God. where he globally exposed them for what they're doing, child rape on the site, rampant, right? Yep. The credit card companies came in, they investigated, they found out it was true. They actually cut them off from credit card services. And now the Canadian parliament is calling them to testify right, for, for their complicity in child rape and trafficking in the midst of this, days before they're calling to be uh, questioned about child rape 
on their site. They're and they're doing this PR, uh, you know, stunt where they're doing this uh, environmental campaign. Oh, and uh, you know, from their philanthropy division. Bullshit. And it's like, come on, are, are you are you that tone deaf? Are you know what is wrong with you? And they, you know, they've done this for years, where they put so much money into snow plows with their you know, logo on it and breast cancer. And they, you know, they made this big deal about, um, you know, when, when everything blew up with George Floyd and they were trying to support, uh, you know, organizations fighting for racial justice at the same time, they had their site full of videos with the N word just rampant throughout the site. You know, I mean, some of the the, the things that, so they were trying to, maybe they may have invested and, and been a supporter of the black lives matter movement. And then, and it's just bullshit. It's, it is. It's yeah, complete right, BS because right. you go on their site and you can see what's actually there. It's the most extreme forms of racism. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is that they've deceived the public. And so the public had imagined that Pornhub was this kind of cheeky, cute, uh, quote unquote, ethical company that happened to do porn. And so people felt comfortable, you know, in, uh, invoking the name Pornhub in social conversations, wearing their attire and those things. But what I'm so happy about is that finally they've been exposed. They're getting their, what, what is due to them. And ultimately I want to see, you know, complete justice. I want to see the site shut down. I want to see restitution for victims. Um, I also want to see legislation put in place to prevent this from ever happening in the future. But yeah. Well, I think that, that we are having an administration right now that actually could be as a possibility that that actually is going to be going to be able to happen because I don't think the last administration at all um, would have uh, done anything but, uh, you know, probably have it, you know, part. <laughs> anyway, well, I know, I know, you, I, know I, I, I think that there are, that what happened and what we just got out of um, mm-hmm. contributed a lot to uh, Pornhub. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for I know for sure that Vice President Harris is someone yeah. that cares about she the does. issue of trafficking, she, she that cares does. about sexual exploitation, that has a history yep. of of really going hard after that and the protection of children, the protection of vulnerable, and so and putting traffickers in jail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So I am so hopeful that we will be able to make the progress necessary to rid ourselves of you know this this. Uh, situation where these companies or these major corporations are able to uh, exploit the most vulnerable vulnerable in our society, children, women, uh, men, you know, for profit uh, and, and put an end to this and hold them responsible and stop it. Um, you know, you, there's this, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Finish. I was going to say, you know, it's like, it's just unbelievable that the fact is that this could happen to anybody. And you think about you know, human trafficking, and a lot of people say, well, that can't really happen to me because X, Y, and Z, and I'm not in that position. Um, but when you think about the proliferation of this image-based abuse, it could literally happen to anybody. You know, Revenge porn, which I call a form of terrorism against yeah, women, absolutely. could happen to anybody in a digital age. And, I mean, the stories of, of what happens to women are horrifying, you know, one's you know, stands out to me where there was this young woman, she was in college, she was doing well, she had bought a house, her boyfriend uploaded videos to Pornhub of her, she had a conservative kind of Middle Eastern background, and so it was particularly horrifying for her, they put her father's image in the video, they put her name in the title, and um, <laughs> and she was so terrified about this that she actually abandoned her house, she left the country, 
she basically went into hiding where all she would do for, you know, days is just search for this video to make sure it wasn't getting uploaded anywhere else. And she told me this was heartbreaking. She said, you know, I had ambition to be successful in life, but maybe in the next life I'll be able to be successful because at this point, I don't know when my video will resurface. So I really just can't do anything with my life. And I was just like, oh my God. That is terrible. That is terrible. Well, you're actually doing everything that you could possibly be doing. And I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. But um, now that we know that, you know, Pornhub and MindGeek um, and what they've done to you uh, personally, and it seems like, do you have hope with what will happen in, in Canada? Do you think that they'll put, put them in jail? Or do you think they're just going to get off because they can pay off a judge, you know, and because they have so much money? You know, I, I do have a sense of hope. I started out this battle in a situation where it's literally seemed impossible that there could be any level of justice brought upon this company. People actually mocked me when, when, when this first began. I said, are you serious? Do you think that Pornhub and MindGeek, this you know, <laughs> global mega corporation, it's the 10th largest website in the world, is going to pay any attention to what you're doing? And, you know, I'm there with my Twitter account and, uh, you know, uh, that's where I saw you. That's where I found you is your (laughs) tweets. And I was like, oh, this is and I, you know, I I know Rebecca and, 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 you know, the the work of of all the uh, activists that are working against, you know, child uh, trafficking, um, trafficking about any human being, but especially children. So this is something that, you know, speaks to me. And and I, I was just really blown away by the your courage and your work that you're doing in the world to shut this down. It's, it's huge. And I think that, you know, by, by, you know, what you're doing that Nicholas Kristoff interviewed, talking to more journalists and really getting this out there um, because this isn't just taking away, this isn't the rights, you know, like shutting down freedom of speech and all that. This is, this is a crime. Yeah, it's not censorship. <laughs> They're trying to frame this as censor- censorship. Censorship, yes. And yeah, that's... They- <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's, it, it, but to your, to the point of, of you finding me on Twitter, I just want to say how grateful I am for you. I feel like when I look back on this journey over the past year, um, that you have been a highlight for me, that you've been, you know, an encourager for me. You've been um, a supporter. You've, um, I feel like you've played an important role in my journey. And so I just want to thank you for that. And, you you know, and someone who has gone before and has done this, where you hold people in positions of power and authority who, you know, so many people were terrified to come up against and um, seemed impossible, right? And that, you know, you were part of that. I mean, a huge part of that. In, in, and, and so I find you as a personal inspiration. So, thank yeah, you. I just want to say thank That's you for that. That's very nice of you. That's really kind. I, uh, it is really scary to go up against a, a system that is in place to uh, profit off uh, uh, criminal activities and where, where they just look the other way and still make a living. And then if you bring attention to it, they want to destroy you. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> right? You you, yes. you know that, right? I do. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just, I guess it's the price we pay. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I feel so hopeful. Like you asked me if I feel hope about this. I do. Because when I look at the beginning of this journey, even less than 12 months ago, when this all really started to blow up and where we're at now, where 
they actually deleted 80% of their website. They took down 10 million videos in December. Oh my gosh, this is brava, beautiful. This is wonderful, wonderful work. I'm so, so inspired and proud of you and for never giving up and keep going like this. Uh, We all have to be aware for our children, for the future, and it's just, it's not okay to, you know, profit off the rape of children and anybody who you know is is thinking that's the freedom of speech or you know content and is is uh i'm sorry you're sick you're sick people (laughs) amen i agree i agree completely so i hope that you know the repercussions of this are not only in canada i think they're you know we need to see repercussions in the u.s here well Well, that so so that's to when are you going to congress (laughs) <laughs> well, I, in yeah, front I, was and I was like, let's go. <laughs> I was there in the summer. I want to support so you. To, yeah, <laughs> we need to revisit. Listen, there's important bills that are being introduced, bipartisan bills. Um, you know, Senator Merkley out of Oregon is doing an amazing job Love trying him. to introduce legislation that would require this. Doesn't this sound like common sense? Mm-hmm. That would require age and consent verification if you're going to be um, displayed globally in a pornographic video. So, um, you know, up to this point, uh, Pornhub has not verified the age or the consent of millions of people who were used for profit in the videos on their site and all the other tube sites. And this would do that. But even that, you know, you could have somebody, you know, with still with a threat and say, if you don't sign off on this, that, you know, you're 18, you know, but that's, that's, that's actually really scary in itself, but it's a, it is a move. It's a step. It's great. It's a step. I yes. think we need AOC involved in this. <laughs> Get the passionate, fiery women out there yeah. to, you know, uh, to, they, you know, have that sense of, of wanting to protect our, our children. I mean, men do that too. I've seen amazing uh, men fighting this fight on behalf of, you know, everybody. And it's really, it's men, women, and children who are victims. Yes. And yes. I think that was an important thing that you actually pointed out at the beginning of this campaign um, to me too. And, and we need to continue to highlight the fact that men and boys yeah. are being victimized as well and they need protection as well. Do you know J- Jerome Elam? Jerome Elam. I do. He, 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 I yeah. am not well, but I am connected to him. Yes. So could keep conti- he has a lot to say and especially when it comes to, you know, young boys because he himself. Yes. Yes. Was- was trafficked and has a, a really intense story and um and now is doing the you know work like you are yeah and um, we can't see we can't allow these industries to try to self-regulate because obviously they can't be trusted no. when your motivation is profit and that's all you care about you cannot properly self-regulate and so we need to see outside regulation imposed with very strict and harsh penalties for non-compliance yeah, to prison. rein in the terror of these companies. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't think, I think this is, this is the most criminal, like I said in the beginning, criminal despicable act uh, that exists is the rape of children and profiting from it. It just it doesn't get more horrific in the world. You know, what, tell me what you're what, Okay, So, you know, we've been in quarantine. We've, how have you been doing how have you been doing during this time? You just keep going. It seems like it's actually your work is even further than it was during quarantine. I mean, it's, it's been good. It's right? been so strange. It's been such a strange year in that, you know, when it was so 
you know, felt so uh, untimely when this was all starting to blow up at the beginning of last year. At the same time, COVID, you know, became uh, so rampant and lockdown started. And I thought, wow, you know, this is not good timing for this. But it ended up being great timing because I actually think that people had more time to care about. People were spending more time online. I think, you know, there was a viral nature to this campaign and this movement that really helped bring it to where where it is now, where, you know, we had over 2 million people who signed the petition from 192 countries to shut down Pornhub. We had 300 organizations sign on to endorse the campaign. Of course, politicians from around the world, but also this short animated video that got 33 million views. And so I think a lot of that um, was due to the fact that people had time and were online. Um, But it's been, you know, it's been such a crazy season. It's been the most intense 12 months of my life that I've ever had. Um, Just the fact of, you know, all the way from having to spend so much time on the site viewing and um, reporting such horrific illegal content and assaults and those kinds of things where people around the world were sending the worst content that they found on Pornhub to me because I became kind of this like, you know, I had the flag up, you know, I was the one that was like, you know, with the microphone. And so when, when anyone around the world was on Pornhub and they found a rape, they would send it to me. And so, you know, and then, you know, I had the responsibility and I felt a very serious responsibility to make sure that I was doing the right thing with these reports, but it's been really intense and I'm actually going to start therapy no, <laughs> because it's an energy because you're actually taking, you're taking on, if you're an empath, like you are, like you're, you're taking on the energy of the trauma and horrific rape yourself it, by being witness to it. It's almost like energetically just even watching it is horrible. I, I have also been sent things through the years and I just, it just even the first second of it. It's like, no, I, I can't even, it's so horrific that I can't even watch it. I, 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 I can't. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. You have to have a certain, I don't know how you can even bring, do it and, and, and survive that. And so I think having somebody to process with in therapy right now so that, you know, you can do that is, uh, really, really important for you. I'm glad you're doing yeah, that. Yeah. It's I, a lot to take it, on. It is. And you know, it's, it's, it's the worst of the worst, really. It's the worst of humanity that is, you know, the crazy thing about this was that it wasn't on, it's not on the dark web. It's not in these hidden corners of our society. It's right there, literally two clicks away from anybody. And it was hidden in plain sight for so long. And, and so that's why I felt this burden of responsibility that when I got these videos that I did have to investigate and I did yes, have to did. report and I did have to kind of bring it up to the surface. So I could say, look, everybody, this is what's on Pornhub. And this is not pretend and this is not fantasy and this is not acting. No. And this is destroying the lives of so many people. And so I just, yeah, I felt that responsibility, but it was intense. I mean, I could remember, you know, just feeling you know, my blood pressure go up and, and just, you know, even get a headache from just witnessing some of this stuff. But um, at the end of the day, it was, it's so worth it. And I would do it again. And I will continue <laughs> to do this, but well, we need not to you. like pretend I'm any kind of hero or anything. It's just, you know, this was unplanned. Honestly, you are a hero. Thing, 
and was unplanned. <laughs> it happened, and I'm and I'm happy to be part of it. And I and I love the fact that this has really become a movement where there's so many people who have joined up, joined voices, joined hands around the world. You know, I think of knockout abuse women, awesome yeah. women yes. out there in LA, like yes. literally every week in the sun, yeah. protesting in front of the Pornhub and MindGeek offices. Of their own accord. Like, I thought that was so awesome. And I was I supposed it. to go twice, and I was like, it was right in the COVID, you know, the midst of like, no, you know, we can't be with masks. And it was like 110 degrees, and I was on my way one day, and then uh, I don't know what happened, but something like happened where I had to like turn around and come back, and it wasn't, it was just, it was like, I, I, like, I don't know, I actually don't even remember what happened, but why I couldn't get there on my way. I don't know what this is my brain. Um, Sometimes I think I'm, I don't have uh, Alzheimer's, but I, I am getting older. <laughs> I just, well, I forget like what I'm going to say. Sometimes what I do, there's so many things going through my mind that, you know, yeah. sometimes I can, can't even remember what exactly is happening from one day to the next. But um, are you in a, so cool are you in a relationship? I'm married. Yes. Oh, you are. So you're married. I am. Yeah. I'm married. I have two kids. I didn't know that. Yes. Like, Wow. Yeah. You know, for the most part, I've tried to stay pretty <gasps> private just because this has felt like a really dangerous situation to be in over the past year, especially. So I've kind of disabled my private, my personal Good. social media and stuff like that. And I've been a little bit, you know, secretive where, with saying where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Of things. And, but yeah, I have two kids. I have a, a baby that's 12 months old. Wait um, a minute. Hold on. Yeah. So you, so in the, the midst of all this, you were, a new mother and doing this. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even yes. know that. That's incredible. A baby waking me up every <gasps> hour, you know, at night. Uh, the sweetest, sweetest kids in the world. But I mean, actually, this emerged out of one of the toughest moments of my life when I um, gave birth to my baby. It was, let's see, it was October of last year. This campaign started in February. This movement started in February. I was in recovery because he was 10 pounds, 11 ounces when he was born without a C-section. So, (laughs) you know, it was like, I, yeah. I had a 50 hour labor posterior birth with my daughter. She wasn't 10 pounds, but she was, you know, almost eight. And it was, and I did the same thing. And it's like, yeah, you, you have to recover from that. For a long yeah, time. <laughs> and and then after that, you know, he actually has sh- shoulder dystocia, so he was stuck, and it was like a traumatic birth for both of us. Oh. And he ended up screaming for the la- for the next two months because he was his that. little shoulder was out of whack. I think he was injured, yes. So he was in so much pain that he spent literally day oh. and night screaming for two months, and it was just I thought oh. my life was over. And this was like right before all of this exploded with this movement <laughs> so um i'm gonna send you so intense. i'm gonna send you a great person who's actually in the valley and she's a woman who's an osteopath and she's gonna be able to she's gonna fix him without well, clicking he's, he's recovered now so he is? he is yes so he's better now okay he's good, good chiropractors and all okay. of that and oh, little boy. thank god yes that he got over that phase and now oh. he's a happy boy but boy, oh boy, you know, that was really something. It was so challenging on a personal level. And then to come into this um, explosion of the movement right after that was, it's been intense, but 
um, you know, this is life and we just have to go with it. And, How, and how's your away. husband with you and your work at like supporting you? Is that, is he helpful? Yeah. I mean, it's he's hard. very supportive. He's very stable. He's very steady. Good. Nothing really moves him too much emotionally. So I can kind of unload things and he's just a easy, like sounding board. Who's very mellow and, and, and the voice of reason all the time. And so, yeah, he's, he's incredible. He's so supportive and, Proud of um, your work. Yeah, he, he is. And he's put up with a lot over the last year, especially because I've been so busy and, and so all over the place with everything. And sometimes it's like I, I unload on him. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe, you know, I talk about this victim or that victim. Yeah. And, and for him, it's like, whoa, 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 like, you know, I, I can't I don't want to hear more of that because that's really impacting me. So anyway, but he's that- great. I have that with my husband. He just like, okay, enough. Like, <laughs> I can't. It's just this is too negative. You know, we need positive. Like, yeah. And I just, it's a, it's a, it's a, an intense time. So, what do you hope to see as we progress in the future? I mean, do you feel like we're winning the war on trafficking? And and yeah. and how can people help? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. You know, it's so strange because we're in this situation where we see more and more and more trafficking. We see more exploitation, especially with the rise of online exploitation, the digital age. We see it's just easier to exploit people today than it ever has been when everything is online. And um, and at the same time, we see this heightened level of awareness about sex trafficking and exploitation where you think about 13, 15 years ago, people had no idea what it was. And today, you know, everybody pretty much knows what it is. Um, they probably don't understand the extent of it. They probably don't understand all the manifestations of it, but they're aware. And we have politicians that are on fire about this. And we have, you know, just this general sense of awareness, many organizations that are working on it. And so in that sense, I, I have a lot of hope for the future. Um, but there's just so much work to do. And I don't think we'll ever be done, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think as long as we just continue to do our part, just to be faithful for our assignments, um, then, you know, one by one, we can definitely make a difference. And I feel very passionate about prevention. I think that it's wonderful when you can rescue um, or, you know, I don't even like the word rescue, but empower, you know, victims and um, to come out of situations of exploitation, to heal and all of that. But if you can prevent it from happening in the first place, for me, that was the greatest victory. And so, you know, I just want to see that happen. And and I want to empower victims to be able to use the law. I want to, I want to inspire really good laws. And then I want to empower victims to use those laws, to obtain justice, to hold predators and companies accountable. And so that's why I'm, I'm launching this new organization because I've seen kind of a deficit in the movement in this area to empower victims to pursue civil litigation, um, to use our laws, our Trafficking Victims Protection Act, and hopefully new federal laws that would criminalize and create uh, civil causes of action for victims of things like revenge porn and image-based abuse and those things. So I want to see that. I think that we need that. Uh, we need to be able to um, empower victims to, to obtain justice and to hold these predators accountable. And so I want to see that happening more in the future. Well, for any everybody, anybody and who's listening out there, for more information and further education, people can visit your website, LaylaMicklewaite.com. So it's L-A-I-L-A-M-I, 
A-L-C-K-E-L. W-A-I-T dot com. <laughs> yeah, hey, you got it. And, to, and also sign the Trafficking Hub petition. Yes. Uh, put your put your name in there. Put your voice, you know, uh, with millions of others who are saying enough's enough. We need to hold these companies accountable. And what I hope is that, you know, we're going to hold MindGeek accountable. We're going to yes. hold Pornhub accountable. But that's going to create a domino effect. And we're already seeing this, which is one of the things I'm really excited about. For example, X Videos, which is Pornhub's largest rival, just this month, or actually last month, came under investigation in the Czech Republic by the police for the exact same crimes that Pornhub has been engaged in. And so I see this ripple effect, and I think that we're going to have major upheaval, major change in the industry, and I'm really excited about the future. I'm so proud of you, Layla. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being in the world and, and advocating for for our children in the world and well, their their children because this this has got this has got to end it's it's just it has to stop I feel and, like I am so grateful for you too I know I said this before mm-hmm. but I feel like you've really inspired and empowered me mm-hmm. in what I'm doing you've been this champion and encourager and I've gained a lot of strength from you and so I just really appreciate you and mm-hmm. and I thank, thank you. you for what you're doing in the world and yeah I appreciate I you so much well I think we're I'm going to say goodbye to you, but I don't think this is the end. We'll, we'll keep doing this. You know, if I, if I get to keep going with this podcast, you'll come on and, and more. And I'd, I would love also, I want to, I got to get Rebecca. She's been so busy. She moved and I, I need to get Rebecca on here too. But um, the future, um, just to keep us abreast of what's going on and, and the work that you're doing, you know, cause this is going to be lifelong work. I have a feeling. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks. Thank you. Uh, All right, we will be in touch. Okay, thank you, Layla. God bless. Uh, Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review Radical Musings to help other listeners find the show. And subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to be alerted every time we post a new episode. Radical Musings is brought to you by Audio Up, produced by Krista Liney and Carla Braun. Edited by Jeremiah Zimmerman. Production support provided by Ashley Ardent, Sam Winter, Tyler Dorson, Emma Rappold, and Richard Regal. Thank you all so much. Hi, welcome to your neighborhood pharmacy. Hi, I've got a prescription for diabetes test strips. How much is the copay? Well, it depends on your type of commercial insurance and factoring in your yearly spend, subtracting the deductibles, also depending on your monthly Ugh, allowance. Why can't there be a better option? Or you could try Contour Next test strips, a 35 counts only $19.99 over the counter and proven to be highly accurate. Go to contournext.com slash radio to see if over the counter strips are a more affordable option for you. Hmm, I think I'll try Contour Next. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of The Ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.